guys, it's me, Jen. And I'm Liam, and welcome to Unlimited Time Magic. Where the magic is you. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on Main Street. Bye! Oh, that was right. You're in the right key. I was in the wrong key. I'm always in the wrong key. Liam's always got it. No, my favorite is I at one point. So this is going to be for my music nerds out there. Typically with any Disney song, if if it's sung by a woman, move it up a third and it's in the right key for me, like in a good spot for me that it sounds really good. And I did that, just subtle brag. Uh, I moved it up the third on porn, no, part of your world. And we were on the ride together and Jen went, that's not the right key. I did And I that. went and I looked at her and I said, Jennifer LaFour. I'm only mad at her when I call her Jennifer. Jennifer, and then I make up a middle name every time. Jennifer Lynn Roberta LaForge. <laughs> How dare you? But it's true. When's it I my actually, turn? I oh have a better ear than I give myself credit you for. You have a great actually, ear. You're a I good have, alto yeah. one soprano two moment. Thank you. And that's and that's in choir world. That's all the middle parts. Anyways, welcome yeah. to Unlimited Time Magic, y'all. I want to share with you really quick that it's it is really funny how much Jen and I love the incredible score because I'm currently editing the unlimited vlogs, which if you didn't know, you're getting every single uh week for the month of October, and I think like one week in November. You are we're already talking about November. Isn't that crazy? Um we you're getting Disneyland vlogs, which is super, super cool, including Oogie Boogie Bash, which we rode the Incredicoaster. And my favorite, go look it up right now. It is Here Comes Elastigirl. It is 57 seconds. I believe it's sung by D Capella, which is like Disney's acapella group. Here comes Elastigirl. Yeah. It is an incredible arrangement and it's so fun. Uh, and yeah, Jen and Incredibles I just sing 2 it. gave us so many great songs because Incredibles 2, if you haven't seen it, by the way, adore it. I adore so this good. film. I almost, I won't say I liked it as much as the first one, but there are the house that they go to and the, the with the floor and the baby is gone and Edna's relationship Jack-Jack. And it is, it, it, the care, let's put it this way. I think of all Pixar films that had sequels, because yeah. I don't know how much you can do character development with toys, right? right? But the character development with The Incredibles is vast and layered. It's and a universe. Beautiful. Hi, I'm Jen and this Liam and welcome Hi. to the podcast. We're just going to dive right into We're our diving into The Incredibles, which has nerdiness. nothing to do with this week. Nothing. Usually a really over-the-top characterized character is hard to develop. Right. Because they're so, it would be like the plant in Little Shop of Horrors trying to have layers. Like it is so over the top, unless it's played by Liam Joshua, Joshua Munn. <laughs> but they actually develop Edna in a really interesting way too. It's like everybody gets good treatment in Incredibles 2. And that is rarely the case, especially in a sequel. So I hope you've had an incredible week. Uh, I've had... Kind of, okay, cat, my cat just ran away. Uh, like every man, she left. Um, but uh, I had an incredible week filled, and Jen knows, because Jen was really there for a lot of my thought processes. On... Even even from Hawaii, I was in his mind. It's true, never far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, did you enjoy from the vlog? Because the by the time this episode comes out, vlog number one is done uh, or is out. Uh, my favorite is and Jen Lafort, like all evil has to rest. Um, <laughs> just like because I just imagine Jen by the pool, sunglasses, yeah. and the the problem yeah. is is a lot like me. Jen gets bored, so like yeah. Jen will be like, "I'm relaxing. Look, yeah." And I'm like, oh, Jen, you look like you're having a good time. I am. And you're- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I did come home and I want to hear about your week, but I did come home with a shin splint because I'm a genius and thought it would be a great idea because we hiked Diamond Head the last run of the day, which meant there was no one there, which is very rare. If any of you have that have taught, have ever hiked Diamond Head, it's usually just a complete packed mess. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to run up these stairs. Because that's a great idea when you Meanwhile, don't like, like work out on a stair climber or anything. And I developed a shin splint that is still with me to this day. So there you go. Aloha. That's what we learned. Don't that's maybe what we learned. run up maybe the stairs. Maybe don't run. Me. Maybe do what Scott LaForge does and just a nice yes. brisk just, walk. Just stare. Okay. Stare. So you're weak. Um, go ahead. And I think I feel comfortable talking about it. And I mean, you guys have kind of been on the journey ever so slightly just about like, you know, I'm like 25 in a very like funky place in my life of transition and change. And I have really been between the topic of security versus passion, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was raised by two parents who like have earned everything they have, but they came from nothing. So they're like, of course, you would go to security first. And that is the thing that is the coveted thing that you need to get. Not really happiness, not really what you wanted. (laughs) Well, and as an artist, obviously, that means something very different when you're an artist, because no matter what kind of art you are passionate about, if you, it is never, it's like what we were talking about with um, Anna, it is never the um, traditional path for an artist. It's always right. something that is is a risk and is taking a chance. And by the way, let me just encourage you, we need artists to take those chances because it doesn't really, you don't contribute what we need you to contribute to the world right. if you're working a desk job or you're, do you know what I'm saying? If you're not right. doing that, I feel like we need that. And there's there's balance and you got to feed yourself and you've got right. to have insurance. So continue. But um, which we talked about, which we did, <laughs> which but Jen said something really great to me of I was presented. I'm, I'll say it very lightly. That's a, like artsy fartsy thing about being an artist and especially working with different companies is that you can't really outwardly say what is happening just because you're in. You could get money and a contract to 10 for understood. Right. Um, and I was offered a job that because I could of not, lawyers. Because of lawyers. <laughs> Morgan and Morgan. Um today's podcast brought is, to you by lawyers. <laughs> or Morgan and Morgan or Muns and Muns. I'll go after them. I'll say sponsor us or I will diminish our name. I will yeah, I will do something crazy. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I was talking to Jen. I, I had to say no to this job because of X, Y, and Z, primarily because of Disney. I'm full-time at Disney. It's very hard to go do things. And, and I was talking to Jen about it and I was kind of like, well, I need, I need to stay at Disney because of health benefits. And I, and Jen was like, well, if that's the only thing (laughs) that's keeping you there. And my dad, out, out like outwardly said it god bless my parents but they always play the devil advocate always because parents and uh he was like well you want to be a manager right 
And I was like, no, not in the slightest. I said, that sounds awful. So we are in the moment of transition. We are in the moment of blank and blank. And Jen said it really well. She was a great friend uh, this week, even all the way from Hawaii. I literally said, okay, then that means this isn't forever, which I mean, we knew that, but um, if you, if you, if you don't look for the next thing, then you'll stay in the place you're at for a very long time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because there was a lot of people that, um, and I'm sure probably people listening to this podcast, myself included, I stayed in a job about seven years past the time I knew it was time to leave. And because it is, there are all these reasons you talk yourself out of it. You just get tired. And I don't have regret because there were things that happened during that time that were important, but the years have a way of where, what's that from? The years have a way of ticking by. That's a line from something. I can't think of what it is. Probably everything. Probably Cara Burnett. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, and there's always a different way to look at it. And that I think is what friends, friends should do for you is say, okay, Because when you took full time, you said almost verbatim, I'm taking this for a season because I need a minute to heal, to heal from the constant strain mentally of auditioning and getting called back and then trying to shift and then finding out you didn't get it. And now now there's this and now the the stress of being a working actor, I honest to God, Liam, did not understand until, I mean, I did, but from a very periphery perspective. And more like, okay, I'm committed to this thing. And if you're not someone who has a publicist and a manager, because then it's not this, because they work all that out. Right. And then you don't even know. So he's showing up for auditions, not even knowing if he's going to get it. But if he does get it, he's got to stop doing this, this, and this to make this happen. So before he would even go to the callback, he's like, okay, but if I show up to the callback, then they're assuming I'm going to stop doing this, this, and this to do this. And I don't know anything. I don't know the contract length. I don't know the money. So it's an absurd, let me just say, it is an absurd business and it is nonsense. It's crazy. Like I, in January, I got a national tour offer that I ultimately said no to. I think I'm very proud of myself that I have had the emotional awareness this year of understanding when and where to take the job. And I knew not only financially did it not make a lot of sense, it was a non-equity tour, it didn't make a whole bunch of sense, but this podcast also taught me great things about being a business person in a business mindset. The reason creatives and art flourishes is because there is a business and there is a structure. So a lot of people who are like, I hate the business aspect of it. Trust me, I have been read to filth by incredible people that I look up to and then vice versa some incredible people have been like no you're really 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 great this was great work and I'm like okay I thought you were gonna destroy me so it's like this emotional financial spiritual game that you play with yourself and what Jen said it was there was trauma with me before that right there was stuff untouched before that but I was trying to make this career work and it was working I was getting offers however I needed the year to heal. And so I have kind of made the decision that I'm reevaluating, which is yeah. really, really exciting and scared, but it's true. Um, so it was, it was a big, I feel better though. Like Disney kind of feels like purgatory, slightly good purgatory, fun purgatory. If one's but going to be in purgatory, it you is might the as best well do it at Disney's Animal purgatory. Kingdom. Yes, but exactly. 
and this is no tea, no shade. There are people who have been at my job. I just had a really great conversation with a coworker who has been with the company for 12 years. And she looked at me and she goes, and I don't think she, you know, I'm not sharing any personal information about her, but she looked at me and she goes, I feel like I've wasted 12 years of my life. Yeah. And so here's the thing. There are people who have a job to have a job. Right. It's a J-O-B for whom that is perfection. Because I used to have people that I worked with like this at the container store. They show up, they know what's expected. They are comfortable in their job and that is what they want. So it's not a matter of it be good or bad. It's a matter of, is it right for you? So what I'm not, what I'm not exactly, I'm not hearing you say, you know, oh, this is a terrible job for everyone. It 100% is not. It is reliable work. It is safe work. It is um, emotionally supportive work. And if it's not emotionally supportive, you have an avenue to to deal with that. Um, And if you've ever worked in a toxic work environment where you didn't feel that, you definitely know the difference. You wouldn't have chosen it as a landing spot to heal if it wasn't a safe space for you, right? right? Not perfect, but safe. And I want to- So I'm not hearing you cast dispersions at all. I'm just hearing you say- I said this was a space for me to heal. And now I'm feeling like I'm better and I'm not hundred percent, but I'm better. And I'm maybe ready to see what might happen next. And I want to thank the podcast. I want to thank you. Like what a beautiful, it's, well, it's mostly me. It, and that's the truth. Um, but it's been, cause we've been doing this show now for six months. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, how long have crazy. we been doing it? Like six months, right? April. Yeah. Yeah. And you not only have taught me beautiful, I mean, this show is literally about life lessons that you and I go through on the daily, in the past, present, um, and between Jen's friendship uh, and our beautiful listeners reaching out and just saying the most incredible things that almost have nothing to do with us. I think we just say, hey, we're willing to talk about our crap if you are. And we're also wanting to talk about like Disney and vacationing and fun things because fun things are fun things because we've been through the bad things. That's and right. um, I just want to thank you, pal, because what a what a beautiful, I mean, a beautiful friendship beside this. But however, you also happen to be a very smart business person and creative and you know how I feel about you. Um, Same. Now, this is what this episode is about this week though is aloha. the spirit of aloha the, the spirit of aloha so i am still slightly jet lagged i'm also laughing because the cast members at alani are so great but um one of them in particular her name is jada and she works at this place called off the hook which ended up being our favorite restaurant it's actually a bar but they do table service uh, dining as well and we met her the first day when we got there and ended up seeing her like three other times to the point where she was like, we've decided this is your table. So when you guys come back, we're just going to, whoever's there, we're going to be like, you need to move. This is the gorgeous table. I'm oh, like, cute. yeah, that's the way to go. But she brought me my food and our first server had been a little, very polite, but she made some sarcastic remark. And I said, oh, thank God you're sarcastic. 
And she goes, oh my God, yes. I said, do you ever meet people who aren't sarcastic? And at first you're annoyed and then you think, oh my gosh, you haven't been through trauma. That's why you're like that. And she died laughing and we like bonded on the spot. She's like, yeah, you want to go? Oh, that's so great that no one hurt you, but you're boring. I can't be your friend. <laughs> and if that's not the show... There and if that's go. not so unlimited time just, magic, yeah. So we kept seeing her and the staff and everyone were amazing. Um, Hawaii was quite the journey for me in several ways. I had talked before we left a little bit about that I had done some research into Hawaii and it's kind of timely because here we just had Indigenous Peoples Day and what the Hawaiian people went through in terms of colonization Right. Um, there's a video that I put across all my channels. Um, we might could even link it in the show notes. Liam. I'll put it that in the is, description. Okay. Um, that's about what happened in Hawaii. And if right. you, to me, if you go to Hawaii and you don't know that story, a lot of what is there is lost on you. And so they've been through so much just as a people. And we're not talking hundreds of years ago. The thing that happened happened in 1895. So the colonization happened over time, but then when power was taken away from the Hawaiian people, in a nutshell, they made it to where if you didn't own land, you couldn't vote. Sound familiar? And so this group of white men, the party was literally called the Missionary Party, were calling all the shots. And the queen at the time, and I'm going to butcher her name, so I'm not even going to try to say it because Hawaiian words are hard. Beautiful, she, but hard. Yes. She tried very hard to um, save her country. And they imprisoned her and she actually went uh, to Congress and appealed and they, they gave her her country back. And then the Spanish-American War happened and they decided they needed it as an outpost. So they just took it. They just took it. Land that was not theirs. White people are good at is, that. Uh, so the song that everyone hears, Aloha Oi, Aloha Oi, like you think it's this really pretty kind of cheesy song was written by that queen about the depths of her sorrow over losing her people and losing their autonomy and her monarchy. And it it's just powerful and beautiful. So whenever Scott and I travel, we always ask questions because to me, travel is not just about leisure. I don't travel as a consumer. Sure, I'm a consumer. But I right. travel as a student. And that's true no matter where I am. Even when I'm at Walt Disney World, I like chatting with cast members about, you know, their lives and their experiences. And, right. Yeah, all of the things. And it just so happened, Jada included, most of the cast members we talked to are Native Hawaiians. And we had the most interesting conversations about Hawaii and sustainability and how for decades, um, Hawaii was completely sustainable where they didn't need anything from the outside world. But then the land that was used for agriculture and ranching was sold to developers who built expensive hotels golf and courses stuff. and hotels. So it used to be that agriculture was top and then tourism was at the bottom. And then that got flipped, which meant there was not enough agriculture to support the people who lived there. So they had to do be a lot more reliant on imports. And then COVID really brought that home because then you had supply chain issues and there was so much scarcity. Plus they lost the tourist industry, which now they were right. so completely reliant upon that you had a mass economic upheaval on top of everything else. So I think mm. it's, it's a lot to unpack. You really have to chat with people who live there to understand what they're facing. 
And I don't think the answer is don't visit at all. Although some people land there and I'm, I completely understand that. The people we talked to did not say that. What they basically said is visit, but be knowledgeable. Know what you're walking into, understand our struggles, uh, be respectful, know our history. You know, don't don't walk in just to take, walk right. in to to learn. So to literally use, yeah. like it's use <laughs> yeah. and then leave. Like that's not no, that's not no. it. My roommates in New York of two years uh, are both uh, native Hawaiians, and so yeah. I I automatically asked my roommates. I said, "How do you feel about Disney being on in 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 the, in your land?" Like, and they were like, "Well, it's not very different." You know, I, I never want to speak for them, but they were like it's not very different from like Hilton being in there. Like it's, it's big, yeah. big white companies coming in and taking land. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's what's interesting though, because I've had a couple of people ask me, you know, how Disney is Alani specifically. Everything that we've said is about Hawaii in general. Alani is kind of insane in the way that it is not Disney. You have right. to look for the Disney at Alani the way that they educate about Hawaiian culture, like on the in-room TV, they have all this storytelling with aunt and uncle that are all of the stories passed down generation to generation and they're beautiful and they're rich. And like, I would go to the storytelling. They have this, um, the uncle does the storytelling. You might've seen on pictures of him. He's very iconic. He's on the ukulele. Never is the, was there a Disney story. And they could have been, right? Like they could have leaned into IP. There's, you, you honest to goodness, if you walked around and you weren't looking for it, other than the gift shop, you would not know that was a Disney resort. Nice. And I love, there's no pineapple princess by Annette Funicello playing in the lobby. If you want that, you go to Disney's Polynesian Resort. Yeah. This is true Hawaii. The food in the restaurants is true Hawaii. Most of the cast members are native Hawaiians. There right. is um, in the lobby, if, if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, you saw the um, the woman that would play the ukulele and then the the uh, Hawaiian dancer um, that was just so beautiful. No Disney songs. Like it it just um, it made it very obvious that you are here and yes, Disney owns this property, but it's a Disney experience in that you can rely on the quality of the customer service and the mm. amenities and things like that. But it's not a Disney. Right. place i don't know it's, no, it's, it's very a, hard it, to explain it feels well first off it's it's important to say that joe Rody was the imagineer who headed who led the project um, and that and, is his passion too right like that's why right. we love animal kingdom so much because it's right. not mickey mouse everywhere it's totally not that and it is you are a guest period like you are here to appreciate the culture to learn something new to walk away different that was the initial idea when it came to Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I feel like that is the same mission with Alani um, of you are a guest here. And that's right. Um, and it is a very upscale, you know, it, not every not every Disney guest goes to Alani. I know I haven't right. been, you know, and you took planning money aside for months in order to, you know, afford and go to this place, which is a, right. a privilege. But at the same time, it's like, um, you were there to to learn something new, which I think I'm really down for. That's really, really cool. And yeah. again, yeah, that's it I was, think why Animal Kingdom worked. 
So Scott um, did uh, two surfing, surfing lessons. lessons. Yeah, he is Mister. Uh, he he's a surfer. So he surfed when he was young, and always wanted to be better at it. But he lived in Arizona, so you could only go to the coast so Sand. often. Mm. So he Desert. took lessons when we were in California in May, and then he took lessons again. Met a great guy named Danny. Again, a native Hawaiian, um, owns a really small business, only accepts cash. Um, so if you <laughs> want a recommendation, I'm happy to give it to you. But it was one of those like, you know, definite, you know, that was our goal going in was to support local businesses. We ended right. up eating at Aulani more than I had intended, but mostly because we fell in love with our servers. And so in yeah. my mind, I was like, well, I mean, they live here. And so I'm kind of supporting local business because we're tipping tip very well. well and, yeah, and whatever. tip well, come um, on. But like there was a bag that I saw at the gift shop at Alani that also was at a locally owned business across the street. And it was a local company um, that made the bag. Wow. And I had to pay $2 more to buy it across the street at the locally owned store. But I was like, I don't care. So it was, we tried to do I mean, right. I know nothing in the vast scheme of things, but you know, made but us that's feel such better. An I mean, do would we ever think that would happen at Disney World? Yeah, no. No. Yeah. It, it, it was just a, um, yeah. So Scott loved his surfing lessons, loved to meet Danny. Funny story. He ended up meeting, um, who's the guy? Jason. Um, Mo Jason. Momoa? What's his, yeah. Ended up meeting sorry his dad. I'm sorry if that is incorrect. Yeah. So that was, that was one of those weird things. And they hung out for a while. It's a little forged thing for sure. It, you know what I need more of? What? I want a special episode of Unlimited Time Magic meant just for me. I want a great community. I want voting privileges. And sometimes I want to be harassed by Liam Bunn. And all of that can be yours. You know what I want? What? For you never to do that voice again. And also to be in the shot. <laughs> so seriously, we would love it if you would join us on Patreon, but there's no pressure. I'm holding sunscreen because Liam just bought it for me. But yeah, there's no, no pr pressure. There's no pressure, but, but you might get... So, think of Patreon as your own sunblock. Without us, you could survive, but you'd be burned. We cannot do what we do without you. Doobie-doo. You can find our Patreon by searching in the search engine at patreon.com or in our link tree found in our Instagram. For as little as $5 a month, you get one bonus episode every single month, behind the scenes footage, helpful tricks and hints to your favorite parks, and one really great community. Links can be found in the link tree. It, you know what it is? No matter where you travel, if you ask questions and you listen to answers, people will over, they will go over the moon for you. Yeah. And I think that is such a beautiful sentiment because again, even the life in the theater, people, Liam knows everybody. Liam knows a lot of people. Liam, as I said, I just ask questions. I'm very much, I, there was a time and a place, especially when I was younger, obviously. And it was a lesson I had to learn of like, people are so much more than their accomplishments. Yes. And and like, that's a great example of like, you met the person versus the, ooh, the fancy thing that makes them different or unique, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's such power in what you just said. There's so much power in just uh, interest in uh, empathy and interest. <laughs> yeah. We, we really, I love it when we travel together because I, I forget, we don't get to travel together as much as I would yeah. like. Like I'm or as hoping people that, maybe think, because he's a right. pilot. So right. Doing, I mean, he, he works a lot, a lot, a lot. And so, um, and a lot of you guys don't know, pilots are hourly employees. So oh, I he actually, actually know that. Yeah. 
So he always laughs. He's like, you guys think this is a big deal, but I have a, a, I'm a blue collar worker. I have a name tag with my name on it. I'm part of a union. I work hourly. And he actually took time off unpaid in order to do this trip because he didn't have any more vacation time. And so glad he did. Like it was, it was a sacrifice, but we just loved every minute. The flight over was good. The flight back was not so good because we weren't in an exit row. Now, if you've never seen my husband in any of my videos, he is six foot, four inches tall and 220 pounds. So he's very fit, but he's a very large human being. And the poor guy, his knees were like smushed up against the oh, back of the thing for eight and a half hours on the way home. Didn't complain once. He was amazing. He's a but... good man. And we like him tall. So God bless. I know Hawaii. he is a good man. He's a good man. Now I have to ask about the food. So mm -hmm. like Jen had brought up and I've decided, check us out on Instagram at, uh, at Unlimited Time Magic. I'm going to uh, ask my beautiful friend, Eris, uh, who... I lived with in New York <laughs> um, yeah. to maybe go in a little bit more about Hawaiian history for us and maybe do a special video for us. And we will. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I'm definitely going to do my own private donation to an organization and I'll talk to Eris about it um, just to just about more of, of bringing Hawaiian culture to the forefront history from the Hawaiians, which I think Disney, I think would be all good for. Uh, yeah. But I want to, I want to speak to her a little bit more about Hawaiian history, but um, so much of the food, uh, so much of the culture, excuse me, is in the food. Yeah. Um, so, and it sounds like a lot of stuff is locally grown for, in a lot, uh, Alani, like it doesn't sound yes. like a whole lot comes from outside. So what was your, what was some of your favorite dishes? So we ended up eating at, um, Ama Ama, which has been closed since well before COVID and just reopened. Wow. And so they, they, they did a soft opening for resort guests, which I was overjoyed and, you know, you know, me and teams and everyone was nervous, brand new team, brand new chef, everybody wanted to please. And so right. I'm like, I'm going because I want to be encouraged. A cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Such a great. Me. And we, it was a four course prefix meal wow. for $125. Oh, talked about this. Okay. I did the wine pairing. So that's how we ended up talking to. I think he was the sommelier. Scott thinks he was the manager, but that's who we end up having the longest conversation with about Hawaiian culture. And his perspective to me was, I was like, so should we not visit? He's like, well, first of all, I'm in hospitality. So I'm not going to, it's like, I can I tell you, money, so don't no. come. He's, and he was the one who really gave a great perspective on it. He's like, come but come understanding what we're experiencing. And, you know, there's a big push to limit the amount of visitors, which I think is a fabulous first step. A lot of, right. you know, a lot of places do that. A lot of countries do that. They only allow so many travel visas per year. Pretty sure Tokyo is doing the same thing. So right a lot of the struggle is not so much average tourist versus native Hawaiian, the way that he right. explained it. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this guy is speaking for everyone and your friend's perspective may be different. Right. The struggle is between shocker, greed, <laughs> and protecting the livelihood and the lives of the people who live there and the very sustainability of the island itself, right. which is really the struggle that goes back to the original colonization. Okay. It, it was about same intention. Yes. It's about money, land. Um, if, if just because you have enough money to do something doesn't mean you should. And so I think, 
walking into it. And then that was his whole thing. He's like, tourists like you that, and we had already paid the bill at this point. So he wasn't just trying to get us to <laughs> up our tip. He's like, tourists like you that will walk in and, and research and understand um, and, and learn um, that actually helps us because then you go home and you tell the story of what we're going through as opposed to just coming to consume and not having any understanding. So and using the parts you want. Yes, exactly. Right. right. So I don't know. Parts. It, it, uh, it was much more transformative than I was expecting. Mm. Uh, we heard, he told us great stories about like the tunnel that goes, um, to the North shore. I can't think of the name of the tunnel, but construction started in the seventies, but they found out they were building it on the site of a women's burial ground. It was the largest women's temple on the island of Oahu. And all these terrible things started happening. Trucks started overturning. There were horrible accidents, like serious. There were deaths, all this stuff. So they actually stopped the construction for a really long time because of all this stuff. And he laughed because I was like, so you're telling me it was a bunch of dead Hawaiian women. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, if you want to see a group of people that will do some destruction. So the way that they fully embrace the power of their ancestors and also nature. So right. it is, it is that it, it's just crazy and it's so Wild. beautiful. And when you're there, you get it. Like we were with a guy and I know there's people are probably like, we really just wanted to know about the room or we were, <laughs> I'm like, and nature. And, and you were like, but nature dead women. <laughs> So where the lagoons are at Alani are actually public. Like it, you, you're not oh. allowed to have a private beach. You can own no. the property in front of it, but the beach itself belongs to everyone. There's public beach access right there. So we would, every night, we would go into the sea and we would be in the lagoon and we would watch the sunset. And there Romantic. was this- uh, Yeah, well, it was, but you know, with a thousand other people. Yeah. And there was this um, local guy uh, that would get in the water with us every night. And he was so into the sunset and he was like, he would tell stories and he would talk about how, and he would say, thank you when the sun finally set. And he told us about how Aww. the waves crashing up. He said, see how now it looks like the sun is causing the water to boil and like all of these. And he would float on his back forever. I'm pretty sure he was real anyway. <laughs> I was like, Actually, thinking about it, I think I was in my own episode yeah. of yeah. Shutter Island. I think I just made that up. <laughs> Scott saw him too. So we were both having the same. Both, both uh... <laughs> hallucinating. You're, you were having your own. I don't know. You're, it sounds like you had your own experience, which again, goes yeah. back to Joe Rody's vision of like, I want everybody to have their own unique individual experience and not all have to wait in the same line for the same thing in the same experience. You know, we all yeah. expect that Disney standard for guest service. But at the end of the day, it's like, we want our own memories. We want our own particular moments, good or bad. So was right. there any moment? Okay, I need, for any of our friends out there who just want to know about the room, um, I will be asking about, did you see Mickey Mouse? Did you see I Mickey saw Mouse? him from our balcony because we were on uh, the 15th floor. Was he wearing a Hawaiian outfit? Of course he was. And he was actually quite hysterical because oh. I would see him a lot with just cast members, like right before they opened like... or whatever. And you know this about Mickey. He he loves him some private time with cast members. He, he loves to just chat it up with his employees and have a little circle moment and laugh and tell jokes. And it, that was to watch that from above brought me endless joy. That was very fun. It's very, very cute. And that's the one cute thing is that like, 
they don't really have a whole lot of characters at Alani. It's like the Fab Five. I don't even think Daisy meets. I don't think. No. I've never seen and, Daisy. And I, I think didn't even see. Um, and the, the characters are very hard to even find. I never right. did see Moana once. Yeah, Moana I never is saw... the only face character there. Right. So I never saw cool. the turtle. Um, I never, I mean, honest to goodness, the character breakfast is really the only time unless you went down and asked the front desk specifically where particular characters were right. going to be, which, now, you know, we did didn't you do. do. So you you ate at that one restaurant a lot because of the, yep. the wait staff. Uh, was there a yes. particular dish that was really delicious, especially because for our vegetarians out there? I'm well, the fish. And I'm a pescatarian, so I eat fish. So the fish <laughs> is, yeah, I could live on <laughs> fish and rice and bok choy and be happy for the rest of my life. So yeah. every single restaurant you go to on Hawaii is going to have a market catch of the day. And it's always going to be local fresh. and it's always going to be fresh. So that was kind of always my go-to. Um <laughs> Very unremarkably, they also had a really good chopped salad. I will say, mm. Off the Hook made a traditional Mai Tai across the street at Monkey Pod Kitchen, which is a great restaurant. Everybody talks about it. They have like a fancy Mai Tai, like a millennial Mai Tai. <laughs> me, me in a food dish. Millennial. And it has some weird foam on it or whatever. Ooh. At Aulani, they made a traditional Mai Tai, which the Mai Tai is interesting too, because the Trader Vic is the one who says that they invented it. It's a restaurant in California, mm -hmm. but there's actually a restaurant on Kauai that she claims she invented it and he stole it from her, which I find much more plausible. Yeah, um, especially those so, Californians. Anyway, yeah, um, I just love me a good Mai Tai. No, yeah. And it just sounds super like natural and super fresh. And wow, that's really cool though. They have a lot of Asian influence, obviously. So you have like right. the really good poke bowls. We had a bunch of those that were amazing. Yeah. You can get poke just in all of the regular grocery stores, um, oh, cool. which is obviously different than here in the U.S. So that was really good. Um, we we had really good tacos at just this tiny little roadside thing. And um, it was called Kanak Attack, which I think Kanak is like slang for like an outsider, but it's called Kanak Attack. You said, well, I am what it was a woman's house with a with an old food truck attached and she oh, lived cool. in the house and then she <laughs> had the food truck and it was the food was incredible and it was That's in the so middle cool. of and we knew we had made a good choice because all the local construction workers showed up around the same time we did and i was like that's how you know that that's how you, you know you know choice. but on your patreon instagram you shared that there are three pools yeah there's actually um yeah so there's the Lazy River, Cute. there's the main pool, there's a pool that used to be the adult pool. So the, those are the three bigger ones. And then there's like little hot tubs scattered throughout. So oh, wow. I would say like first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening, the pools are relatively quiet. During the middle of the day, it is um, every, ugh, it is like every other Disney pool area. Do you know what I'm saying? Tons right. of kids um just a lot of chaos so we would right. kind of just stay away but if you went to the beach area where the lagoon was that was almost always fairly quiet and you could swim out in the lagoon and then if you ever visit um so the lagoon that we were on shares with the four seasons then okay. the public lagoon is the next one over and it's a lot more chill so like if you have a child that just is kind of overwhelmed or whatever just go walk down the little path to the next lagoon over. And it's just a lot more mellow than the Disney lagoon. Right. Um, 
And I think that was my favorite part. There's also this little secret beach that's to the right that you follow the path by the four seasons. And it looks like you're trespassing, but you're really not. And usually there's a couple of people, but it goes over to this place where there's turtles and snorkeling. Whoa. And, and, and it, at one point I happened upon a wedding and at first I thought they were just taking pictures, but then I realized, oh no, this is an actual Hawaiian wedding. And they had the guy out there with the ukulele and the whole, the whole nine yards. So I kind of was trapped because I'm like, well, I don't want to be in these people's wedding video. So <laughs> sort of, you know, stand yeah. off to the side a little bit and wait, but it was beautiful. That's so cool. Did, now, I, there had to be, because of course, uh, Disney does Adventures by Disney through a lot of, you know, they offer a Hawaiian excursion, obviously, to, through Adventures right. by Disney. Now, was there anything in particular that you saw, like there were options to go excursions somewhere that you were like, that's interesting, because I know you and Scott did your own thing in a, in a, in a Jeep, which honestly looked like right off of, Lord, uh, what's it, Laura Dern? Laura Dern's Jurassic okay. Park. So we actually weren't in a Jeep. This is, remember how I told you, remind me to add, to say about the secret the that I had? Well, uh -huh. it's not really a secret. Okay. So Scott LaForge loves him some luxury sports car action. We do not have a budget or a life for a luxury sports car. Okay. We're just not, I drive a Subaru. Scott doesn't even have a car. He shares my car. Oh, I actually so, didn't know that. Yeah, well, he has a motorcycle. Like that was the trade-off. He, oh, he's he a has cool a motorcycle. Guy. So, you know. He's a cool guy. Um, he I mean, between the surfing and the flying of the jets and the motorcycle. He's about to leave of, his courier and go right, take hard photos to get away. on some bridges with bridges yeah. in Madison County. It's hard to get away with Scott LaForge not being a very, very cool guy because he just is. Um, so we rented a BMW z4 m4 something i love I don't transformers even know. through this company called shipped or sixth sixth s-i-x-t i'd never heard of them but his friends like to rent luxury automobiles through them and it was a convertible and it was only like i want to i don't mean to say only it was like 300 dollars more than the regular rental we were going to do but it was like his something cool for him to do on yes. his vacation. He's and we had so much fun it. in that car. But here's the part that only podcast listeners are going to know. And it's Ooh. kind of embarrassing. Okay. Okay. So I did my whole packing video over on my Joyful Living channel about how I was going to check a bag. Okay, fine. Fine. No, no shame in checking a bag, but that I just had too much stuff to take. I was going to check a bag. I filmed the whole video. It's uploaded. It's scheduled. It's ready to go. I wake up in the middle of the night. The night before we leave it, I'm like, I, I'm not supposed to check a bag. I've got to get that in a carry-on. I get up in the middle of the night. I switch it all to a carry-on. Swear. No one knows this because people are like, I'm so glad you decided to check a bag. And I'm like, I totally like, freaking did not check a bag. Yeah, like I, I totally, totally did, did carry on. Mama needs her monetization. Yeah. I, and then I was like, well, I can't go back and like, I'm going to look like a friggin' idiot. I can't go back and fix it. So we're just going to let it lay. It let was it true be. in the moment. Let I didn't do be. anything. But I didn't do anything dishonest, right? Like it was, it was my truth in the moment. We get this car. The trunk is like the size of a- Of your carry-on. It's so tiny. It barely fits both of our roller bags and both of our backpacks. If I had checked that bag, swear, we mm -hmm. would have had to have gotten an Uber to get the luggage out to Elani because that bag would not have fit in that car. Now, how long was the drive? 25 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not bad. That's now, crazy. The, tra the traffic in Honolulu is 
uh, bonkers bananas. I happened to live in Atlanta, Georgia, so it didn't phase us. We knew to avoid that whole corridor. Unfortunately, from Aulani, there's really no way to get anywhere unless you go through Honolulu. Um, right. So there's there's uh, M1, M2, and M3, and the road to the North Shore and all of that. But like, if you plan an excursion to the North Shore, you want to leave either before rush hour or after, and you've got to be coming back by like 2.30. Okay. Uh, because Otherwise, it will it will take you forever. But we did Pearl Harbor. Oh, oh but wow. you asked about excursions. We had scheduled one, and then the truck broke down. It was some military vehicle, and they called and said that we did um, travel in a tank. Something, something. I don't even remember what it was, but we'd signed up through Elani, and then they couldn't do it. Um, but they do have their. Keep in mind, they are still recovering from COVID, so they oh, are yeah. still not quite a hundred percent. Right. But they have they have a friggin day excursion to the island of Kauai oh, that was cool. like a thousand dollars a person. And you so, go out to Kauai all day. I was like, OK, no, I'm an idiot and I don't know how space or time works. Yeah. And my my roommates had to teach me that it, it's it's like a thing to go to island to island. It's not yeah. just a something. It's like European mindset. I'm like, oh, you can go to Paris in two and a half hours. So yeah. it's like, that's what it's like to go to Island Island. And they're yeah. like, kind of, but you got to get on a plane, Liam. You got to get like, on a plane. Oh, and blah. there's still, but you still have to go through the same security and all it's that. Like, Although, it's like me flying to Atlanta or New York. It's like. It is funny though, because you see a lot of people getting on the Island Island planes with nothing but a purse, which right. we're not used to seeing. Um, but that's how they do business. Like there's a lot of that that has yeah, to go on. Yeah, a lot on. of business people. Wow, that yeah. is so wild. And I will find some sort of article because I did do some reading before this episode of specifically Joe, again, follow Joe Rody on Twitter because it is wild, but he'll randomly drop the most interesting facts of like things he probably shouldn't tell the general public, but it's Twitter and it's like 2000 people. So what does it matter? Right. But he'll drop right. hints and uh, things about even like the agriculture or the building structures that they created, like some random doorpost in the third floor of Alani. You're like, I didn't need to know about this, Joe, but boy, am I interested. Well, when they reopened Ama Ama, the, the story, because of course there's a story, right? Yeah. Behind the reopening is that aunt and uncle that owned all. So the, the story of Alani is that aunt and uncle owned this property and they built this guest house for you to come and stay, but that they still live on the property. And that is Ama Ama. So that was the original story. Right. So with the reopening, it was that they added on and remodeled because the house was getting run down. And as you walk through the restaurant, the architecture changes to indicate that they added on to the house. And, and it's, it's, you really feel that like when you're eating there, you really feel like you're dining in someone's whoops. Sorry. She's so excited. She keeps hitting her mic. Oh, she I'm did so excited. I muted myself. Uh, but, ah! <laughs> it was funny. It just sounds like the most beautiful trip. And at one point I, I, to be honest, if I go out to Hawaii, I kind of want to go with my roommates, my older roommates, yeah. and like stay with them. Um, I want to definitely visit Alani, maybe like do a night or something if that's a possibility. Because I do get some yeah. sort of discount. I don't know what. But um, yeah. what a beautiful, beautiful trip. I mean, that yeah. sounds incredible. Um, it was. Follow, I mean, you already do listeners, but follow Jen on her YouTube channel because those are, are the vlogs exciting. Like, are you excited to edit them? Um, I'm not doing day-to-day vlogs for Alani because it was our personal vacation and right. Scott hates being on the channel. It's, it's not that love he loves my viewers, 
but he just hates it. He feels awkward. He gets embarrassed about it, the whole nine yards. Um, although I will send you, Liam, a video that I took of him surfing the first oh. time that he got all the way, he rode the board all the way in and like got off on the sand. And the look on his face is like, he's like a six-year-old little kid. It is the cutest thing. And he actually goes in the video. He's like, oh, that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> I love that man with my entire being. Yeah, he's, so he's a very, very good and kind man. But um, I'm gonna do a an Alani Q and A. So okay. go over to my Instagram, and if you find the picture of Scott and I with the sunset, that's where I'm asking for the questions for the Q and A. So you cool. can go contribute to that, and then I'm gonna do like a resort overview, and then I think I'm gonna do a third video. Um, just really recommending some local Hawaiian um, YouTube channels. Uh, oh, because one thing that I'm not is like an expert on what to do on Oahu. And I know everyone's going to ask me that. And I would rather like, let's refer to somebody who knows. Exactly. Let me pull Which in. Is great. Let me, I'm going to do a phone a friend and let's let me pull in somebody collab. else that knows. Um, yeah. We never went into Waikiki. Not sorry. <laughs> Other than doing Pearl Harbor, which is right. close by, but. Yeah. So all that to say, it, I think it will be enough. And I, I think next time we go to Hawaii, we might do Maui. Um, I loved Oahu, but it's a lot of people on Oahu. Right. Right. So that'll um, be, so, that'll be a fun little thing to look forward to though. Exactly. I exactly. loved, loved this episode just because I'm, I have very little knowledge about Alani and uh, the resorts over in Hawaii, but I'm so excited to see these Q and A's and things that might, yeah. Beautiful friends, uh, have an amazing week. Uh, we are about to film our unedited episode for October. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, supporting us, we offer live streams. We offer some surprises every now and again and early access to all of our videos. Like they just got vlog number one that's coming out tomorrow. So they get Which a little- Which is so early. amazing. Liam, you did such a great job with that. Uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just, just ridiculousness. And I cannot wait to start editing Oogie Boogie. It's so stupid. I love it so much. Uh, so follow us on Instagram and at Unlimited Time Magic. And guys, we'll see you next week for another for another doozy. Have an love amazing week. Bye. Another episode of Unlimited Time Magic is through. Please follow us on Instagram at, at Unlimited Time Magic. Uh, support us on Patreon if you'd like to do that. Plenty of benefits. It's really, really great. And we're not on Main Street, but we will see you on Main Street. Look, it's out there. Uh, nailed it.